Thank you for joining me here on Sportsbox. I'm your host, Jude, as always. And we're in week 12 of the NFL season. And wow, it's been it's been a very interesting season to say the le- say the least. But um I would say that week 12 is arguably the weirdest season. I mean, as a uh, week that I've ever experienced as a football fan. Like my my countless years of watching NFL football on Sundays, this will probably be the weirdest week. Um, and obviously we'll get into why, but we're just going to get straight into predictions. And that's with starting with the 10 a.m. games. And the first one up is the Raiders at Falcons. Now, the Raiders came very, very close to taking down the defending Super Bowl champs on Sunday night last week as they did come up short in a game-winning touchdown by Tyreek Hill. I mean, sorry, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. But I, I, I think the Raiders are going to bounce back. I, I don't think there's much question about this. I mean, look, the, the Raiders have looked good at times, or they've looked bad. But I think they're right now on a trend up. Now, they did lose, but I think that was still a great game by the Raiders overall. They put, The defense played well for the most part. The offense was rolling. Um, and they're playing a pretty banged up, you know, kind of not really know where they're going Falcons team. And I, I see the Raiders really running up the score in this one, especially with a top-scoring offense like they do. Moving on, we have the Chargers at Bills. Now, the Chargers sit at 3-7, and seven, and, you know, you'd look from the outsider's perspective and say, oh, that 3-7 and seven team, how good they, can they really be? Well, I'm not saying this team is, you know, a, a playoff team, but they're, they're a lot better than their record says, and that's usually the case with the Chargers. They just cannot maintain leads. If, they, if this team could truly maintain leads, I think there's a stat. A majority of their games this season, they've lost by a touchdown or less, right? They've lost by a touchdown or less, and there's three other teams. There's, like, two other teams that are with them, and both those teams are playoff contending teams. So, really, it's just the late minute they really, you know, mess up their game, and I think that's going to happen again. I think this will be a very, very – this is going to be a shootout between the Bills and Chargers. The Chargers offense has looked good. Justin Herbert really coming into his form. You know, he's a guy that I, I kind of liked. A lot of people didn't really like coming out of college. They said, you know, his deep ball accuracy, He will he be able to throw it deep, you know, and just accuracy in general. I think he's really stepped up to the plate, and he's proven that he's able to do that. Now, he's playing a pretty good Bills defense and offense too. Um and I think this Bills offense is a little too much, especially with the Chargers probably not having Casey Hayward tomorrow and a very banged-up Chris Harris. So expect Stephon Diggs to have big games. So I'm going to take the Bills in this one. Moving on, we have the 3-7 and seven Giants who have a chance to take or tie for first place after the Washington win on Thursday. Uh, they're playing the Bengals, who um, right now have Ryan Finley at quarterback. And I, I just want to bring this stat up because I did a little research. Ryan Finley was sacked more times and for more yards than he had completion and passing yards. That's just wild to me. Now, I know he was kind of put in a situation. They were down versus Washington. It was a sloppy game. But he was sacked more than he actually completed a pass. I mean, that has to say something. And for the Giants, this is I, I say this is a free win. This is a win. Uh, this is a, definitely a huge win for the Giants. They kind of need it. They're still, you know, they still have hopes of making the playoffs this season. Um, but I, I think this is a big one for the Giants, and they're going to win in a big one on the road. Moving on, we have a good 10 a.m. game, and that's the Titans and Coles basically facing off for the division right here as both teams sit at 7-3. and three. Now, this team... This matchup happened less than two weeks ago when they played on Thursday Night Football and the Colts got them. But truly, I mean, it, the Titans the, the Titans didn't look bad. Well, they looked bad, but it was the special teams that really messed up the team, really messed up the game for the Titans. And as long as they don't have the, the miscues with the missed field goals, the blocked punts, 
I, I see the Titans are running away with this game specifically because Derrick Henry has probably been one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the NFL this season. And I think if they could just control the time of possession. Look, Phillip Rivers is not a fantastic quarterback. But he, he, has his, he has his moments, right? He, he's an aging quarterback, but he has his moments where he's able to s- decipher a defense and take advantage. And with Michael Pittman, a rookie out of USC, who's really coming to his own, still have T.Y. Hilton, have a few other guys um, that really have really shined. Obviously, they don't have Jonathan Taylor, and I think that's a big reason why they also won't win this game is because they won't really have a source of running. Naheem Hines, he's been here and there. He's more of a receiving back. So I'm going to take the Titans in this one purely because I think Derrick Henry is going to have a monster day uh, rushing the ball. Um, moving on, we have the Panthers at Vikings. Now, obviously, the Vikings come out, coming off a, a tough loss to the Cowboys last Sunday, and the Panthers coming off an amazing win versus the, uh, the Jacksonville, I mean, sorry, versus the Detroit Lions last week. But I'm going to flip the script, and I'm going to get the Vikings to win this game. I know they're projected to win, so I'm going to go with that projection. Uh, the line is three. Um, so I'm going to take the Vikings, uh, and I, I think mainly because I think when Justin Jefferson is playing by himself, he's a baller. And he's playing by himself today, and he's not going to have Thielen. They still have Dalvin Cook, but I, I, I really do like a Justin Jefferson matchup against any of the corners or secondary in that case for the Carolina Panthers. They just really haven't shown me anything to believe, oh, yeah, one of them can guard Justin Jefferson. And then, like I said, you have Dalvin Cook, who's one of the best rushers in the league. And if you don't stop that, then you're really going to have a tough time. Now, will Kirk Cousins make careless mistakes? That's what you got to figure out. <laughs> if if he's making careless mistakes, then they'll probably lose the game. But I'm pretty confident with Kirk Cousins. He had a solid game versus Dallas, even though they lost. And obviously, he's playing a banged-up secondary. He's playing a pretty banged-up secondary here in the Panthers. So if you just take advantage of that, I think that the Vikings will take this one at home. Moving on, we have the Cardinals at Patriots. The Cardinals desperately needing a win after losing on Thursday night football, uh, trying to have any sort of chance of winning the division and making the playoffs as they take on the 4-6 and six Patriots. <clears throat> now, obviously, this is going to be a good matchup between D-Hop and uh, Stephon Gilmore, but I, I think D-Hop will get the better Stephon Gilmore. Once Stephon Gilmore, ha- Stephon Gilmore has played those better receivers, like I'll bring it back to Sunday night a lot earlier this season when I played DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf beat him on some deep routes, and, uh, you know, DK Metcalf had one hell of a game. I, I know from my own because fantasy football, I love that DK had a great game. That, um, And I just think D-Hop will replicate that type of game, especially against just the secondary in the Patriots that has shown glimpses of greatness. I mean, J.C. Jackson, uh, he's had, like, a, a streak of five straight games with an interception. Uh, he's been good, but Stephon Gilmore, you know, is coming back off injury. Now he's guarding D-Hop, one of the best to do it in the league right now. I think it's going to be a tough time for the Patriots to have any sort of momentum on defense. And then offensively, I mean, Cam Newton's going to have to throw the ball, right? Now, they're not going up against a great rushing defense in the Cardinals, but this game cannot be run, uh, won through just very, very basic, you know, very, you know, uh, you know, one, like five yard gains every time because look, the Cardinals are the type of team that they'll beat, you, they'll score in about two plays. So you got it, you got it, you got to be able to balance that out with your offense. And if Cam Newton isn't able to throw the ball like he like he used to, or if he has to throw the ball actually more than he's used to, um, then they're have going to have no chance in this game. That's why I'm going to take the Cardinals on the road. Now, th- these are the type of games that I just laugh at. And it's the Dolphins, <laughs> Dolphins at Jets, Jets sitting at zero and ten. 
I don't think the Jets will win a game this season. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, Tua's not playing this game. Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic is coming in. But I, I don't have a lot of trust in the Jets anyway. And we'll just wait until they fire Adam Gase. And maybe they'll get a uh, sort of a chance in any of these games. Moving on, we have the 7-3 Browns who haven't really shocked a lot of people this season. Even though they're 7-3 going up against the 1-9 Jaguars. Now look, like I said, the... the the Browns this season have have had quite a cakewalk of a schedule. They really have not played anyone, and the Jaguars are another team on this list that is part of that cakewalk. I, I just think that until the Browns truly play a good team, I can figure out who they are. Look, this team ranks 30th in passing offense. Uh, now, they've been lucky enough, like I said, with their schedule. They haven't had to really mourn the loss of OBJ quite yet, but I trust me, if they get to the playoffs, they will be mourning because... Sooner or later, you will not be able to dominate a game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It just won't work like that. Uh, but, you know, why, why stop now? I, I do think that this game, they will dominate with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in another in their old-fashioned type of way of running football. So I'm going to take the Browns in this one in quite a big win. Now, this is an interesting one. Now, <laughs> the Saints at the Broncos. Now, if you don't know, if you don't know, this is a matchup that I don't think anyone, anyone in – their mind start of this season would have been like, oh yeah, a a practice squad receiver is going to be playing in all in every basically every position player in Taysom Hill. So what I'm basically speaking on is the Broncos are having a former quarterback from Wake Forest who was who is now a receiver on their team play quarterback because the Broncos had. Well, one of their quarterbacks tested positive for COVID, and then the three were listed ineligible because they were uh, they were considered a close contact to Jeff Driscoll, who was the one that tested positive. So they don't have a quarterback this game. Now they are going. It's going to be very interesting. Like I said, that I don't know how the Broncos are going to attack this game in any way, but they are going to have Royce Freeman, who was their emergency quarterback. But they're also having a guy named uh, Let me find his name, Kendall Hinton. Uh, he was a quarterback at Wake Forest. It, I mean, like I said, this is a matchup no one would ever thought. Taysom Hill versus, versus Kendall Hinton. I, I don't think anyone would have thought of that, but I'm going to take the Saints in a blowout victory. I, I, I love I, I like the Broncos, but I think that I, I don't really know where they're coming from. They're playing against a very, very good uh, defense in the Saints, of specifically the rush defense, and I, I, it's going to be hard for the Broncos to find any sort of success. Unless, hey, unless Kendall Kendall – Kendall Hinton shocks us and becomes the second coming of Lamar Jackson. Then um, for now, I'm going to probably take the Saints in a blowout victory right here. Moving on, we have the 49ers at Rams. Now, this is another interesting storyline. Obviously, it won't entail in this game, but the 49ers for the next three weeks will not be able to practice in Santa Clara, nor will they be able to play games. So like I said, well, this is an effect this week because they're on the road versus the Rams. It's going to be a very interesting few weeks for the 49ers. Now, I'm not, this isn't so significant because their playoff hopes have already kind of diminished. Um, but still, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting few weeks for the 49ers. But let's get into this game. Look, you're, you're playing a team in the Rams who I fully believe are Super Bowl contenders. And I think they're probably my dark horse to win the Super Bowl this year. I think they're probably the most complete team in the NFC. They could do it all. They can they could beat you in the offensively, the defensively. They keep getting better and better. And after that Monday night game versus the Bucks, they've they their defense looks very very good. Um, but I, I I think the the 49ers obviously they're gonna have to address the quarterback situation next year with who's gonna be the Jimmy Garoppolo or do you get a guy in the draft like a Zach Wilson possibly a Justin Fields if he's there. 
Uh, but I'm going to take the Rams in this one. I just think the defensive, defensively, the front seven for the Rams is going to completely dominate this game for them. Moving on to our last afternoon game, we have the Chiefs at Buccaneers. Now, I, I really do like this game. I, I think the Chiefs, they've obviously, they've been amazing <laughs> this season. Only one loss this season on, on their record. And then you're playing a Buccaneers team that has progressively gotten, I would say worse, but they've gotten sort of not so good in, in that sense. And obviously because it's because of Brady's play in the last three weeks. And he's actually, as a stat, he's gone 0 for 19 on balls that he's thrown 20 yards or deeper through weeks eight, through weeks eight, I mean weeks eight through eleven, um, and so I, I really do like KC in this game because the only way the Buccaneers have a chance in this game is you are going to have to slow down the Chiefs. You cannot get in a shootout with this team. Patrick Holmes, that's his favorite type of game, and he will beat you at it. So I, I, I don't think the Buccaneers really stand a chance unless they can really, really maintain you know the Chiefs' offense and really don't allow them to do a lot. Uh, and let Brady kind of, you know, let Brady control the game instead of Mahomes. But I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one on the road. Moving on to our last Sunday game, uh, we have the Bears at Packers. Now, I made a podcast a few weeks ago, and I specifically said that this was probably the most important game for the Bears. And now they're sitting at 5-5. Five and five. Now, the podcast is talking about if the Bears were legit or not. And I think we've seen for the past few weeks that they're not legit because they cannot do any – they have no sort of offense – um, but th- th- this, this is, this is a game where they don't even have Nick Foles. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky's coming in, right? He hasn't played well this season. I mean, he has, but against terrible teams and now he's coming probably against the most, and probably the most important game, um, of the season. And that's just a recipe for a loss for the Chicago bears. Look, the defense for the bears cannot score 20 points alone, right? They, they can't do that. That's not possible for the bears defense to do. Uh, but unless they do that, I, I don't really see the Bears having much of a chance in this game. So I'm going to take the Packers and quite a big win at home to probably get one of the best uh, seeds in the NFC. Now, moving on to our Monday game, because we also have a Tuesday game. Remember that? Uh, Monday, we have the Seahawks heading over to Philadelphia in possibly a raining game. Uh, we have yet to see if the weather will uh, withstand. Uh, we'll go through Monday. But uh, right now, it seems like it's going to rain. Um, it's the seven to three Seahawks, like I said, going to the Eagles. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway I'm going to probably take away from this game is that we'll hear Jamal Adams talk about how great the Seahawks defense is after this game. Well, that is clearly not true. I just, I, I just, I have a feeling that Carson Wentz is going to make this, uh, Seahawks defense look a lot better than it is. Um, but on the, on the other side, I mean, I think Russell Wilson's going to chew up this Eagles team defense by the first quarter. I don't think really the Eagles stand a chance in this one. So I'm going to take the Seahawks. Quite a big win. And I, I see DK having another one of those big games like he did in the the wild card, wild card game last year for the Seattle Seahawks. Now moving on to Tuesday's game. I can't believe that this is the thing now. We have Tuesday games in the NFL. But we do. Uh, we have the Ravens at Steelers. Now, what would have been a good game with Lamar Jackson playing, but he is sadly not playing, so it's going to be RG3 taking some snaps. Sucks we don't see Trace McSorley. Um, but th- this is this is as simple as it gets. No Lamar, no offense. Now, I, I realize Lamar's, you know, he hasn't had that great of a year, and I, I called it in the beginning, but I, I don't understand the full slander behind it because I still think Lamar's a good quarterback, and I think people are going to see that, well, okay, maybe Lamar doesn't put up the numbers, Lamar, Lamar really is a big impact on this Ravens 
offense and how they really run things. So they're going to see that, you know, while Lamar is not having statistically an amazing year, his impact for this offense is still going to be pretty big. And so I'm going to stake the Steelers at home. I mean, they're going to continue to streak to 11-0. But will that really matter in the playoffs? We'll have to see. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. As always, I'm your host, Judy, signing off. Peace.